Hey, stupid nerds, the download the uh, Boogie Monster with, with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. So you can find out uh, what happened to Frankenstein and the Wolfman and all that fictional stuff that never happened. And don't pay attention to World War II or the American flag or important things. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. On the hottest of days, just go for a walk. Yeah, I j- yeah. I try to figure out how to be indoors, whether it be you know just showing up three hours early to my spots or just going to mall walking, just trying to get inside some AC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> just let me go. Let me go sit at this TCBYs for a while. Mm-hmm. A lot of loitering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm loitering right now. I'm in the parking lot of, of a beach. <clears throat> I'm at, I think, it, Lake, let me see what it's called. I think it's called Lake Austin. I don't know. I think this is the one, things where Joe Rogan's mansion is. I don't know. Okay. I, I, peed, in, I peed in the lake. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> I, hope my pee, I hope my pee doesn't make its way over to your lake, your, your mansion. Well, it just says it's a Colorado River right here, so I'm not quite sure. What's what? How's Austin? <clears throat> Lake Travis. Home. That's where I'm at. Lake Travis. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's been fun. I got to stop. I can't drink anymore, man. No. Not like forever, but just on this trip. I don't, I'm not, you know, you just get, I just get saturated like groundwater. I don't even get drunk. I just can't, <laughs> I just get, I just turn into a floodplain. <clears throat> You know, it's like, I, I, it's not even throwing up. It's just, you just put beer in your mouth and it just comes out because there's no, there's no more. you <laughs> saturated through. Oh man. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a time. Mm-hmm. Texas, it, it's, it's hot, but this is where all, all the comedy's here now. Yeah, apparently. All the comedies. I like how people follow Joe Rogan. It's like, yeah, man, no income tax. If you're featuring, I don't think you need to worry about income tax. <laughs> I don't think that's, I mean, that wasn't worth uprooting your life. Yeah. Go, oh, man, I'm not paying percentages on these $500 weekends I got coming. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. But it, it's, it's been good so far. I had a video guy with me the first week. He just left yesterday. So this is the first uh-huh. time I've just been not trying to make that hot, hot content. Oh, yeah, you've been you've been on all week. He's not even on, but just having a guy. And he, he was cool. He's a good guy, but just always like, all right, let's wake up. All right, we got to go here and maybe get shots of this or do that. And I just, that, I just want to chill out, man. Yeah, man. Literally, figuratively. I'm just I'm shirtless in this van, this parking lot. I hope I don't look like a criminal. It's a beach parking lot, so mm-hmm. shirtless in a car shouldn't look any creepier than shirtless outside of the car. Nah. How the shows been? Shows were great, man. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, Flagstaff was great. Uh, thanks to Shelby who brought me uh, hot sauce, and uh, somebody else brought me hot sauce, and then it was a bunch of drunk people at the bar afterwards, and I got to the panic point of like, I do not know how to manage talking to this many drunk people, and then another drunk guy's going, he's just like, I got a ladder, we can go on the roof. And I was like, well, <laughs> you're only one drunk guy. 
I gotta go for elevation. I'll skate through elevation. So I went, just went on the roof with that guy. <laughs> and uh, go on the roof. Oh, that's funny. That's got away. I got away. I was like a cat running up in a tree, man. I was getting away from the predators. Uh, <laughs> but it's good. Well, you know, I haven't been out doing anything. And yeah, so that's to try the thing. Re into the social aspect after a show. I was never good at that before. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just uh, the stage time that we're all rusty on. It's all the the other stuff in between. The, the yeah. talking to fans before and after the show, the the travel, the just getting your mind right. Just uh, learn how to socialize. Never, yeah, and people who've never done it don't really understand. Like, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week, but there's there's so much uh, mental preparation that goes with being out on tour. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of fun, and you're doing your thing. You're you know you're making money and and playing shows. But there's so much more than just that. Just just the little intangible stuff where you've you've just always kind of got to be sharp. You always got to be on because you're so far from home. You don't know where yeah. you're going. You don't know where the the hotel's at. You don't know where the clubs at. Just it's it takes a lot out of you mentally to be out there on the road that long. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, I had the guy with me, so I'm worried about okay, we're setting up cameras for this, and it was. You know, last minute shows, which that was um, Eric Baez set that one up in Flagstaff, and it was great, and it was a real funny comics were on that one, and then uh, and then last minute Sarah Kennedy in Albuquerque, like literally, I think it was midnight that she had contacted me after at eleven o'clock at night on a Thursday. I was like, if anybody's got a show in Albuquerque, because I was going to go to Marfa, I couldn't get a show lined up in Marfa, mm-hmm. so I was looking at the map. I was like, all right, well, I can go through Albuquerque. Let's do that. And then she hooked it up in less than 12 hours. Wow. Like the next morning, she's like, I got a venue, and it's on. It's like, oh, thank you. So that's Sarah Kennedy in Albuquerque, and that show was fun. Uh, but, yeah, like, like those kind of shows, like you also like, oh, I'm, I just put it on somebody else, or somebody else agreed to like do this last minute, which is always awesome. These shows were great, but then sometimes you never know. It's like, oh, do you, have you done a comedy show? You know, fortunately, the, both – Eric and Sarah had put on shows before, mm-hmm. and they were good times. But, yeah, the, the mental part, just, yeah, after do, talking for an hour on stage, I'm like, all right, that's all my thoughts. I don't, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Somebody tell me a story. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing left in the tank, sorry. Yeah, and then go, go along with that remembering being an introvert, and like, oh, yeah, it's the, you, you get your energy from being by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were still, it was still good shows, man. And it's been out. It's a, just a real game of whack-a-mole, finding out what squeaks in the van. And then you <laughs> fix that squeak, and then something else starts rattling. So I yeah. got so many little, little felt, felt furniture pads and <clears throat> rubber doorstop things glued all over the place. I don't know how to get iTunes to stop playing when I start the car. That's, that's, it's, I have it's the same a, problem. I have the well, same problem. I don't use yeah. I don't use my iTunes. I you know I, I use Spotify or whatever. But every time I crank the car, the same song from my it's the iTunes first song. Library. You could download a blank. You could download a, a silent track and oh, put really? it name it something that alphabetically it would play first. But huh. I don't want to do that. Hey, Apple, stop helping me so much. Yeah, give me a little autonomy over these machines you've now required us to use. Mm-hmm. So sleeping but, in the van's been going well. Yeah, no. if you wanna if you wanna really get in people's mind as a musical artist or as a comedian, just start a track 
with like there's my bit about AAA, and then the track's just called AAA. It'll play first on everybody's CarPlay. Ah, there you go. Game the system, baby. Where you been crashing? Where, where's the van been parking at night for sleeping? Uh, last couple of nights, I was... Uh, oh, shit, man. All right, so... First night, we cut out. I, like, I, I stayed at a buddy's house first night. Stayed at my sister's house the second night. Stayed, uh, we got made it to Laughlin the first night of the trip when I picked that guy up. Laughlin, Nevada, which if you haven't been, you've been to Laughlin, Dave? I don't think so. Oh, makes Reno look like Las Vegas. Really? Yeah, real, real dump. No offense, <laughs> Laughlinites. <laughs> but it is like, uh, it, it, it's like it, if instead of tearing down old casinos, Vegas just shipped them to Laughlin. <laughs> like here's th- broken yeah, down here's, versions. Yeah, here's three ratty casinos, or like the themes weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like every other theme is you know Paris or New York or ancient Egypt, and Laughlin is like nah, Hoboken, New Jersey. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just they really missed the mark on some of the themes. Uh, so that that was Laughlin. It was fine. We just got a room, and because it was like triple digits at night, it was like 104. I'm like, I'm sleeping in air conditioning. Jeez. And then the next night, that was a, that was Tuesday night. Next night was Flagstaff. Stayed at an allegedly haunted hotel hmm. called the Monte Vista. Uh, I didn't see any ghosts. I accidentally booked myself a traveler room, which means I just had a sink in my room, and the bathroom was down the hall. So you know what that means. Hmm. It means I peed in that sink a lot. Yeah. I've, I'm unfamiliar with the traveler room. It's an actual hotel, but it doesn't have a bathroom in or a toilet in the room. Yeah, it's like an old-timey hotel, so some of them has got, yeah, like Wild West style of a shared bathroom at the end of the yeah, hall. like college dorm pe- style. Yeah, I just I peed in that sink. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I pee in the sink even if there is a toilet. It's just we know, fun. well, yeah, we know your affinity for it. And I, yeah. I get it because even though I was like, well, I'm doing this because I don't want to go all the way down the hall of the thing, but then I wouldn't even have to pee bad, but I'm like, I'll pee in a sink. And I think yeah. they knew because the height was perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. If the height's right there, if I don't have to tippy-toe or, you know. No tippy-toes. Yeah. Plus, it's 100 degrees outside. You're going to let me put my balls on this cool sink ledge? I bet tall dudes are peeing in sinks all the time. If I was 6'5", I'd never use a toilet. Well... <laughs> That's six five. Oh God, I pee in sinks. I water your plants. Everywhere. I water. I water your hanging plants. <laughs> I clean you. I clean your gutters. I get up there. <laughs> I get up there and power wash your gutters. Oh man. <laughs> So that was that night. Yeah. Well, I I did see a scary thing. Not super scary. But so the night after that, we went, uh, we were driving through like uh, Gila National Forest. First off, saw the big meteorite crater. That was a neat thing to see. Big old hole in the desert out there where a meteorite hit. Nice. 50 odd some thousand years ago or such. And then, um, so we parked it, we went to this little campsite in Gila National Forest. And it was just, there was two cars there. 
and we we rolled in about nine thirty, but these cars were just they were locked up like people were asleep already in those cars. Mm-hmm. There was no tents though, just two cars in a spot. Because it was this not great campsite. It was only like five spots right off the road. Mm-hmm. So these two cars were there, and they were completely dark. And we rolled in and set up. And Drew, the film guy, he's an outdoor fella, so he put up a hammock and had a little space blanket over it. And uh, had the van. And then it started clearing up at night. So we're like, oh, let's go take, take a walk towards the road where the sky was open a little more and we could see some stars. So we wandered over that way. Still no lights coming to those two cars at all. Like, there was, there was no activity since we'd gotten there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're standing out by the road, and we see what looks like a, it looks like it could be like a headlamp kind of bouncing around the, the, the road we had just walked up from where the campsites were. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, 100 yards away, less than that. But it would, like, be on, and then it would be off. And then I, because I, I saw it, and I told this fellow, Drew, I'm like, are you seeing that? He's like, yeah, see, it's like a headlamp or something. And we're thinking, like, maybe it's like a, like a lightning bug, if it, not a person, because it was going on and off. But, like, there's no lightning bugs around there. Mm-hmm. And it had that kind of, uh, that bluish tint that an LED light would have. Mm-hmm. And it, would, it was approaching us. But also the path was weird, where it, would, it wasn't, like, linear, where it was, like, on and then off, and then it'd be on like it was a thing moving in a straight line. It was like a thing that was jumping around. Best, my best guess is, guess is maybe a lightning bug, but I'm going to look up now to see if there are lightning bugs in that area. Hmm. But it bounced around for a little bit, then went away, and then we started walking towards it, and it was off. We walked past where those cars were, still nothing, no activity at all. Didn't hear any footprints going along with the light. Just a weird little forest light bouncing around. Mm. And so that was a little like, okay, mystery lights a Gila National Forest. Nice. Not going to say what it was or wasn't. It was just a little fun, spooky thing. I'm going to look up lightning bugs. Bugs in. I'm going to find out if they're there, if they're not a thing. I haven't seen a lightning bug in years. I miss them. Yeah. Oh, that's a great summertime thing. You know, mm-hmm. we never never want to talk about how we used to hit them with tennis rackets and turn them into little fireworks. Oh, we just catch them in jars and then suffocate oh, them. You didn't write your name on the ground with them? Mm. <laughs> it's a crazy thing if you think about it, that a little insect could light up that way. Same way some, uh, some of these fish, some of these sea creatures got... Weird, luminescent innards. Yeah, I don't know what what makes them do that. Hmm. Horny? They get horny. They glow. <laughs> it's like a, a bug boners when they light up. It looks like there is some lightning bugs in Arizona. So okay, maybe that was, but it was just one. It was just one bouncing around. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, any, did that. Uh, how was the haunted hotel? Any any weird feelings there? Nah, man. No, nah, nothing was, uh, I mean, that's, a th- I, like I've said, I, I probably drink too much to see a ghost anyway. Hmm. I probably got some, I got some sleep that night. I don't think anything was going to hobgoblin its way into my drunken slumber. 
Really, you're gonna have to try. You're gonna have to really up it to some demonic possession to get me out of the kind of sleep I was having that night. Yeah, good for you. None, man. Of, none of this floating orb. No, nope, no time for that. No. Oh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just sweating in this van, dude. Yeah, it's uh, just a hot box in this thing. There's no relief either. Like when you're just in there, you know, unless you want to, <sighs> you don't want to turn the thing on. Just let it idle, just to use the AC. I was a little bit. It's not an, an, only an emergency situation. And it charged the batteries in this thing, too, because I got battery issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. But uh, so far, so good. I'm out in the world. It's nice. You know what it was? I got, I got to town on Sunday to Austin, and Amy Miller was here, and Rojo Perez, and Tone Bell, and Eric Griffith. It was like, I was like, why am I just so excited? It's like, oh, because I haven't seen anybody in over yeah. a year. And yeah. it's so nice to see my friends and hug my friends, you know? That is fun, man. I've only seen uh, you and Fritz and and Kenny DeForest in over a year. Those are the only friends I've seen in person when we went camping. What are you doing? What's going on with you, Dave? And I talked about enough about my oh, I'm just bullshit. Just hanging out. Um, I talked down what? another uh, crazy dude last night on the stoop. Um, oh yeah, my Street new Justice Dave. Yeah, my new non-confrontational uh, method is really working. I, Street sympathy, was, Dave. Yeah, where was this when I was 22 and filled with piss and vinegar? But uh, yeah. pretty severe, severely mentally ill, I'm assuming, fella. Uh, about 2 a.m. last night, uh, we got the stoop in front of our building. We got, uh, I've mentioned before, we got like a quadplex. There's four, four apartments in this building. We got a nice big stoop. But this guy was up in the stoop where he was literally sitting on the ground with his back up against my neighbor's door. So he was just kind of camping out uh, right up against my neighbor's uh, door. And it's 2 in the morning, and he's just screaming. Just not, not, not yelling. I'm talking blood-curdling screams. He's having an argument with yeah. himself. Having an oh, argument yeah. with himself. And I, I, uh, I go, I look through the peephole, I see what's going on, and I, I give it a few minutes because I'm always wondering, like, is anybody else going to help me out here in the building? Because I, I seem to always be the one. Like, even today, I had to dispose of a dead squirrel. Like, I, I dispose of all the dead animals. I shoo away all the crazy people. I, I really don't get much help. Uh, so I, I gave it a few minutes just to see if, A, he'd just wander off on his own, and, B, if any of the other neighbors, because I'm sure it woke everybody up, like just absolute top of his I'll be screaming. honest. If I'm in a building and somebody's screaming at, what time you said this was? 2 a.m. If I'm in a building and somebody's screaming at 2 a.m. and I know my neighbor gets down there and handles it, <laughs> I'm going to let you handle it. I'm Maybe gonna, that's no, let me. It I'm not going to be like, oh, the polite thing would be to do it, take my turn. No, man. Yeah. You've established Maybe. yourself. As the harbinger of justice, Dave. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's not something I enjoy doing. It's just something that needs to be done sometimes. Yeah, you know? I think you. I think you get a little kick out of it. And I mean, I like to solve problems. I like to resolve things. So, <laughs> I give it a few minutes. The guy's screaming. Finally, I put I put on my mask in case there's any you know close quarters confrontation. So uh, I swing open the do- the door like pretty aggressive, and uh, he pops up. He hops up. He, like I said, he's sitting down. He jumps up, and he looks at me. He looks like I startled him pretty good. And uh, he thinks I'm going to, like, you know, bow up and get all aggro on him. 
Uh, so he's kind of he pops up and he's got this real hesitant look. It, it's funny though that he did kind of snap back into reality once he saw a big mohawk mm-hmm. dude sling sling open the door at two a.m. Uh, but instead of being rude or dickish or confrontational, and I've used this several times recently, my first uh, words, I said, uh, hey, man, are you okay? And then okay. He, sa- he said this, and I'm not making fun of him, but this is verbatim what he said, and I won't even try to do an accent or anything, but he just said, Smart uh, move. he said, my mind is being raped by demons and they're stealing all my thoughts. And to which I replied, I understand Mm-hmm. Uh, later, I thought that was kind of funny that, you know, it's like, of course, I, we've all been there. Our mind but being doesn't that by sum demons. up everybody screaming? Yeah. At yeah, nothing? Said, like, yeah, dog, I, I feel you. So instead of saying, hey, shut the fuck up, or what are you doing? I say, uh, hey, man, are you okay? My mm. mind is being raped by demons, and they're trying to steal my thoughts. I say, I understand. Yeah. And then I go, what can I do to help? And then at this point, he just starts kind of staggering off. And he mumbled some other stuff, and I said, "Well, good luck, man." And uh, he mumbled something and, and, and staggered off. So I was, I was pretty happy with the way that uh, unfolded. You know, uh, fifteen yeah. years ago, I might have insulted him, and 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 you know, who knows? There may have been a physical encounter, um, but rather, you know, because that that's not going to, especially if someone and I'm not making fun, but if someone's got you know obvious mental issues, um, usually that pragmatic approach. Or the you know the aggressive uh, approach doesn't work because you know they're 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 in a different world. So well, rather than be, be, yeah, rather than being aggressive or hostile, I just hey, what can I do to help, man? And, well, uh, then that the whole issue of like let's have social workers go out on some of these police calls. Yes, because now imagine if you're a woman home alone and you're like, well, this guy's out here screaming. I'm gonna call mm-hmm. the police, and the police come. And some of them may have that sense of compassion that you had in that moment mm-hmm. and handled it the same way. Some of them might not. This is a threat. This is a somebody that's not well. And if they this, like might assume that, well, not well means possibility of violence. So we should immediately detain this person. Like so mm-hmm. having a or having more training for police to. Address man, and I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm sure a lot of them do have that in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But you see, like it's like you're saying, you're rolling up all aggro right away. Maybe that shouldn't be the first approach. Yeah, and you got to assess the situation. You got to handle every situation differently. Now, if he was banging on my front door with an axe, I probably wouldn't have been so understanding. But oh, yeah. other than him just screaming at himself, there wasn't much of a threat. It was a major disturbance, but it wasn't necessarily a threat. And uh, first thing I did was notice, you know, look at his hands, make sure he didn't have any weapons or anything. So once I determined that he wasn't a threat, then it's just like, I'm not going to sit out here and try to tough talk a guy who's not all there. So what can I do to help, man? What, what can I do to help? I mean, you know, subtext, what can I do to get you to leave? But, hey, what, what can I do to help, man? You're, you're out you, here screaming. You, Are you okay? You described, and this man, by his statement, described about 80% of downtown Austin. Mm-hmm. I got into Austin. I parked. I was at Creek in a Cave. I parked out in front of Creek in a Cave thinking, all right, I'll just, you know, we're all going to stay late, drink, and I'll crash here. And it is just, it's worse than Hollywood in Austin. 
Where's Creek in the Cave now? Is it right there on that main strip where all the venues Yeah, the main strip is 6th Street. This is on 7th Street, so it's a block off. Okay. But it's a shit show, man. It's like... I'm checking out Creek in the Cave. I look in the alley to see if I could park there. It's people straight up. You know, they talk about people fucking behind a dumpster, but they were straight fucking behind this dumpster. Middle of the day. Good on you. Daytime dumpster fucking. Daytime dumpster fucking. Okay. And then... Somebody, some other lady with like her head was shaved, looked like somebody held down and gave her that haircut with her like, you know, boobs out, screaming crazy, like a lot of screaming crazies. And uh, after that, I, I wasn't uh, shit faced again. I was aforementioned, uh, my groundwater was saturated. I wasn't <laughs> drunk, drunk, but I was filled with beer. And I was like, I, this is not. It's like, what's the risk I want to take? Staying here and shaking a knife at whoever tries to get in the van where I'm parked? Because it didn't get better at night. got worse. So I drove. I drove on the other side of the highway and found a little residential street to sleep. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then last night I found another residential spot. Tonight, I don't know. Where I'm, I might just try and find a campsite tonight. I don't know if I'm going to go back into Austin tonight. I don't need another... Four boozing at four a.m. night. Yeah. Did you uh? So you said you hung out at Creek in the Cave. Yeah, hung out there. I did some. How is it? How's some the fun venue? spots right? It's it's old. It was a bar called Red Seven. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing bands there uh, during South by Southwest and everything. And it, I mean, it seems good setup. Outdoor stage, indoor stage. Okay. You see Rebecca. I saw Rebecca. I like her. I saw She's a cool some, guy. Yeah, some other folks that were around here. Um, old Mike Weeby from the Riverboat Gamblers are hanging around. I saw him and Avery Moore. They have an act called the McEwens. Okay. They're like, they're just, you know, like a Christian stand up comedy duo, which is like <laughs> real funny. Especially down here, you could tell that like it's hitting home with a lot of people the way they were raised. Mm hmm. With that kind of religion, is it satirical it, or are they legit no, Christian statement? No, no, no. <laughs> just, but he's got a big like bedazzled Jesus hat on with a like a <laughs> affliction Chris Angel type of cross shirt. It, just, it, it was fun, man. I saw them last night. Uh, but I just I got I think I got to get a hotel. Just just lay on the floor of the bathroom naked. Just lay on that cool tile. Mm-hmm. Just give me something, man. I, that, got all that shit, ho- I got all this shit in the van that I left with. Now I'm like, I don't know how everything. My mini guitar is probably all warped to shit. Mm-hmm. Everything I've like, got these bikes. I'm like, it's too hot to ride bikes, man. The hotel after several days of sleeping in the van is such a luxury. Oh, nothing better than spending four or five days straight sleeping in the van, and then you get you a nice Ramada in. Oh boy. Yeah, I might have to go for that. I might need a little taste of that good life. That's the thing. I'm not trying to do, like, poverty cosplay here. Yeah. You know, I'm not like, oh, I got to live in a van. No, it's like I want to have this and go. Like, the best night was at night stopping in the Gila National Forest. I'm like, this is what it's all about. Did Mm -hmm. a show in between the show, pull over in a cool, secluded, wooded area, and just hang out, have a little fire pit going. Nice. Yeah, too many screaming. A lot of people getting their mind raped by demons in uh, downtown Austin. 
Yeah, that's a shame. I got I got a I got a machete. I got the old Dave Stone special. A side of the oh, okay. mattress, yeah. The gar- a saber, a saber to rattle. Mm-hmm. Well, because you, well, yeah, you had guys breaking in because they didn't, they didn't know you were in the van, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twice. I remember the one guys that you came out the front and scared them off. Yeah, the second time it happened like literally a week later. Both times happened in the same week, like within the first few months of living in L.A. But uh, yeah, just pop out, you know. With nothing but your underwear and a machete, that usually solves that problem. Yeah, I got, like, different parts of the van are illegal in different states. Okay. You know, like, the stuff I got in this box probably shouldn't <laughs> let people know when I roll mm-hmm. through Texas or Indiana. Yep. This box, Oregon, <laughs> and California. So. <laughs> strategic oh, That placement. is something. Yeah. That is that is a legit concern when you're out there touring, uh, spe- specifically like with weed, for example. Like, yeah. especially living out here on the West Coast, we're we're so accustomed to it being you know legal for several years, and next thing you know, you're on tour and you're in Arkansas, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot, it's very much illegal here. Yeah, I don't know what's what anymore. It's like, well, it's like, well, but this state thinks COVID's a hoax, but don't let them smell the weed you got in your bag. But this state's, you know, super progressive, but don't let them know you got. A blade over five inches in the van, like, mm-hmm. yeah, nobody's wearing masks anymore. And I'm like, well, because I'm vaccinated, oh, yeah. so I don't give a shit. A lot of sign, a lot mm-hmm. of signs saying if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in the store. I'm like, nobody's the honor system in America. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I wish I was peppier, Dave. I'm just uh, covered in my own Buddy, perspirant. <laughs> Where's uh, where are you off to next? I'm going to go to Arkansas, I think, on Thursday uh, and go ride bikes. I might enter a mountain bike race. No way. No hopes of winning at all. Way to go, buddy. That's exciting. It's not really. I don't know why. I don't know if I'll do it. A a guy I know in Arkansas is going to get on it, and he's like a cross-country mountain biking, which is like your track and field. Okay. Type of stuff. How long? How does that work? Like this it, one's five miles. One big lap, or this one's five miles. Okay. I think it's one lap of like through a trail, but it's not real technical or anything. And I'm not fast at all, so I I don't know why I would do it. Other than in my yeah, head, it's yeah. like, well, since it's an old person novice category, maybe I got a fighting chance. I'm like, but I, there's still dudes that are in shape that are my age. Mm-hmm. I got I. I don't know if it's the last few weeks. I thought I was doing all right, but maybe it was the lighting in the You're bathroom in good at shape home. for your age, man. No, I got that. Uh, You're in good shape. I got that potatoey middle and real skinny arms right now. <laughs> I got uh, just an undefined body. It's not like super fat or anything, but it's very undefined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well. Well, that's exciting, dude. I mean, dude, like everything in your life, I feel like you don't give yourself enough credit. You. You're probably a, a better mountain biker than you're giving yourself credit for. But not to, but to why to compete though, other than to do it. They, Dude, there's, anything's better than an NFDs or, 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 or uh, DNF. As long as if you came in last, yeah. As long as you came in last yeah. and not did not finish. But I not, might not finish. Mm-hmm. Five miles is a lot. That's not a lot for you. Somebody rides all the time. It's a lot. When it's supposed to be hard and challenging, I, I go up five mm-hmm. miles so I can go down and do cool stuff, and it takes me a, a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I bring snacks, and I pull over to drink my water and bullshit with people. <laughs> I get lapped all the time. Dude, I say go for it, buddy. That's exciting. Um, it's, I mean, it's just the, the act of doing it, man. I don't know, man. It's, if it's weather like this, sweating, just trying to get the bike out of the van. Be in a fucking Little Rock emergency room, Hot Springs emergency room with heat stroke. Because <laughs> I thought I could, I thought I could finally, no, not a, a single competitive bone in my body. I'm going to enter a mountain bike race of 44. Do you, um, do you or your agent ever consider weather when you're planning your, your tours? Um, oh, yeah. Like, I'll look at where, like, where's, yeah. where it's going to be cold or mm-hmm. what's... I'm trying... Nothing, yeah, nothing too, too bad. Like, this run, all this stuff is just... That's abnormally hot to be just in triple digits mm-hmm. end of May, beginning of June. Like, climate change is real. Things are hot as fuck out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of, like, okay, I'm probably not going to do a Billings, Montana gig in January. Exactly, yeah. That I have to drive. I mean, I'll say yes to a lot of crazy shit, but I don't know. I drove through yeah, a blizzard. I, I, did, I went from Denver to some gig in Minnesota in a blizzard in a Nissan Versa. <laughs> and I was proud of myself for that one. Plus, the college gig, they pay well. So I'm like, oh, I got to get to this college gig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, have, I hope the ambient noise of the fan isn't too much. I'm just trying no, I can't to, hear anything. I'm just trying not to drip on stuff. What are you, what's, <laughs> I wish I was peppier, everybody. I'm sorry that I You're don't fine. have more of a zippy uh, attitude for you. Uh, what mm-hmm. what's going on with you? What's going on? Are you treadmilling? Are you doing, dude? Any any I'm fun? I'm out of control. I'm out of control with these weights, man. I uh, just got me another kettlebell. I upgraded to the fifty pounder, so I've got uh, I got a nice little collection now. I got a thirty five pound kettlebell and a fifty pound kettlebell. I got a pair of twenty five pound dumbbells and a pair of forty pound dumbbells. So uh, yeah, and I got I got a cool bench. Katie bought me a nice little bench. Um, the the kind of you can Where, lay it down like a normal bench. It'll it'll invert. Uh, you know, you could do some incline stuff. Where are you just doing this um, out on the stoop, like Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious, just working out, <laughs> working out at people in my driveway. Um, Mo- no, Dave's no, just, Muscle Beach. Just doing it, <laughs> doing it here in the living room. I just moved the coffee table out of the way, and I got this whole area. And, yeah, man, doing uh, doing all kind of stuff. I uh, it I forgot. I really enjoy it. I um, like cardio is always boring. Like even the treadmill. Like you know, I've just kind of accepted that it's just something I have to do, and it's it's boring. But man, uh, weightlifting's fun. Like it really. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel invigorated. I feel youthful again because I, you know, I've never been fit per se. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I never looked aesthetically good, but just feeling strong, like, yeah. you know, just feeling feeling strong and being strong and, and just, uh, man, it, it feels so much better, like, than just a complete doughy mess. But, uh, you know, I got a long way to go, but I, I can tell I'm, I'm getting a little tighter. I'm putting on a little mass. Um, I just got I, I to gotta rearrange stuff, you know. I got to get the mass going in the uh, shoulders and chest again and lose a little mass in the gut. 
And uh, but yeah, really been hitting that hard. Uh, probably about uh, four or five days a week, I'm doing uh, weight training, oh, damn, and then uh, still there. doing the tread. You're just in there getting strong. Yeah, man. Well, we set the wedding date, you know, so I, I, I gotta I gotta get in shape. I gotta look a little better, you know. Just here's the thing: like, I never really give a shit about myself or my own well being, but now it's like, hey, why don't you do something nice for your lady? Why don't you not look like a fucking cow on your wedding day? Look at you, you know, compassionate give, give towards the to be homeless. Want to look yeah. good for you? Real, really turning over a new leaf. Yeah, look man. At you. you know, I'm gonna, uh, you know, try to get in a little better shape. That way, I look good for the wedding. Be a, I'm still gonna be a big beefy sauce daddy. We all know that, but uh, you got move it around. A yeah, little don't bit. disappoint. Don't around. disappoint people and not not be big beefy sauce daddy. <laughs> BBSD. But no, man. Ha- having a lot of fun with that, man. Uh, hey, well, not like fun, fun, but it's just one of those things where, like, dude, I've just gotten soft in my old age, you know? And, and now I'm it's just like, no. Saying, man. No, asshole. Get up and fucking throw these weights around, you fucking piece of shit. That's what I'm saying. You no, know, a, uh, a lot of self hatred. I look like an ice cream sandwich with two gummy worms sticking out of the side of it. <laughs> Get it. Oh man, yeah. So yeah, been doing that. Uh, Charlie had a butt emergency the other day. Uh, What's wrong with his butt? You know about you know about small dogs and their anal glands. You know about all that. Thankfully, no. Yeah, little dogs get. I guess all dogs have these two glands in their butt. And uh, I, I guess big dogs somehow figure out how to handle it themselves, but little dogs, they can't do anything about it. So about once a month, either a, a groomer or a vet or the owner has to stick their fingers in the dog's butt. It's like kind of like popping a pimple. And, uh, boy, he had – we, we stay on top of that. We stay on top of that every, every month or so. But uh, the other day, we were having a little Father Sunday. I took him the, uh, to the dog beach, and he was not having that. He's he's not he doesn't like the dog beach. I saw that. Photo. He doesn't like the water. He does. Yeah, he doesn't like other. He's dogs. a little. He that's like got to be water. threatening, man. He's a little fella. Yeah, but then on the way home, man, he just started whimpering and crying, and I didn't know what was going on. He started dragging his butt everywhere. I was like, oh, it's the anal gland, so we had to go get that squared away. And the I think my I think like, my mom long? used to do that for big damage for a cat that we had. Oh really? I didn't know you had to do it for cats. Well, um, big damage. I guess that makes big da- sense. Big damage had yeah. big problems later in life. <laughs> he was a special boy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we had that. Uh, you know, we, we solved that. And the vet tech was like, uh, yeah, they were pretty full. It was uh, pretty awful. And I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, just yeah, just anal glands and kettlebells, man. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> it's my life right now. You just sound like a, like a domestic... Guy doing the right stuff. Trying to, man. Trying to. Yeah, getting ready for this uh, this wedding. We're trying to figure out exactly what we're gonna do. I'm uh, trying to figure. I'm know. trying to figure. People park next to me in this parking lot now, and I'm trying to figure out how to not look like a fucking psycho sitting here with a towel on my head and a microphone. <laughs> Where are you at in the van? Are you in the driver's seat? No, nah, I'm just standing. I'm just standing in the galley. <laughs> but they're right next to my little bunk window. And it's like a family. Like, I think it's a family, but I'm like, don't go change it. Like, because then you park behind a van for privacy, but it's not private. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you have uh, you have the blackout curtains. 
Yeah, I got them like in the front between the the, the seats and the rest of the van. Mm-hmm. And then I got like um these insulate magnetic insulated curtains that go on the windows. Uh, oh nice. So I barely take those off. I mean, unless if I was on a campsite cuz at night it keeps it keeps it warm or keeps it cool. Either way, they stay up. And I got one little like the maybe 8-inch tall side bunk window. Okay. You got the visor, the windshield visor? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be loud because people are, like, changing, and then they hear me in here, and I want to be like, hey, fucking, what's up? Trying to, That's uh, uh, one of the tells of a van dweller. When you, whenever you see an old van and it's got the uh, windshield visor, <laughs> you know, old, old run-down van, but, no, oh, I'm worried about my interior, so I'm going to put this visor up. Well, I thought it was just a heat thing. You no. Know, well, no, that's what I'm saying. Well, it's heat and it's privacy. I always had but, one of those. If I drove a piece of shit, even in L.A., it was like, mm-hmm. it's going to be hot as fuck if I don't put this up. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm trying to, I could always spot a van dweller. Yeah, I'm getting a little more. I'm learning. I got my Gatorade piss jug that I got to oh, evacuate yeah. on, the, on the down low. Yeah, the wide mouth. Screw on lid. Uh, you know what? It's don't do a don't do a milk jug with one of those you know flip lids. Those things will pop off, and then you got urine everywhere. That's a whole other problem. No, it's like a. Oh. I'm like trying to hide so they don't see me in here because I don't. It's like when you don't want somebody to think you're being a creep, and so you inadvertently mm-hmm. look creepier. Yeah. Like, oh, this dude's hiding in his van. Like, no, I'm trying to make it so I'm not looking at you. Because you don't think somebody's in here. And so I'm trying to keep up my end, you know? So I'm trying to be discreet. Did they ever tell you, they ever tell you about the, uh, the Bigfoot sticker on the back of my van? No. I had this cool Bigfoot sticker. Somebody gifted me. Ducking down. Hold on. <laughs> ducking down. So they, don't, they don't think I'm just standing in here. All right, tell me about the Bigfoot sticker. <laughs> I had... I got no shirt on. I'm sweating my ass off with a podcast set up. Oh, my God, up. that's I, funny. I look, <laughs> I look like I'm on like a shitty CIA stakeout. <laughs> so, so. I, had, uh, I had my rear windows tinted uh, pretty dark, so... You really couldn't see in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see out fine, but what do they call it? It's like a two-way mirror, one-way mirror, whatever they call it. Yeah. But, but anyway, and then my bed was back there. I had my bed uh, width-wise across the wheel wells. So that's, that's how my bed was set up. So, you know, I'd be laying in bed, and like a foot and a half, you know, to my right would be my rear doors and my rear windows. Well, somebody had gifted me this really cool little Bigfoot sticker. It was a... Like a replica of like a, uh, it was like a fake Bigfoot hunting license, but it looked kind of official, yeah, I've like, seen those like stickers, a deer hunting yeah. license or something. Yeah, and I had one of those on there, and uh, so every morning I'd, you know, I'd be laying there, I'd wake up, and I'd just lay there for a few few minutes trying to get the cobwebs out, and then in the summer, as we just talked about, it's hot as shit, so I, I'm just sleeping in my in my boxers, in my boxer briefs, no shirt, mm-hmm. no nothing, so I'd just be laying there on top of the covers because it's so hot, and. Uh, Literally, almost about every day, 
depending on where I was parked, but uh, on one of my main spots, uh, there would always be joggers and stuff. And about every day, at least once in the morning, someone would be jogging by the van, and that Bigfoot sticker would catch their eye, and they'd stop and, and walk up and get a closer look at it. And they would be, like, right up on it, like, inspecting it, trying to figure out, what the hell is this sticker? This is pretty neat. And uh, having no idea that 18 inches beyond that window mm-hmm. was this fat, sweaty, naked guy. And I would just sit I would just freeze because I didn't want to, like, move and make noise and scare him or anything. But, like, almost every morning I'm just laying there half naked and someone's right there mm-hmm. just really studying the window. And I was always so tempted to just bang on the window or yell something scare the shit out of them but that was always a, a fun little stealth move it's always fun to sit in a place that has like reflective like a mirrored windows not like an intentional creepy thing but like a like a like a street side cafe or something that has like a mirrored window mm-hmm. so people just stop to fix their hair and everything you're just looking at them from the other side mm-hmm. i went to some bar that like above the mm-hmm. urinals was one way glass mm-hmm. so you could see all the people out in the bar like they couldn't see and the urinals <laughs> were like shoulder height so you weren't yeah. exposing yourself or anything, but you could look out and see them, and it was a mirror, and so you'd see everybody trying to like, fix their teeth and whatever, not knowing it's a, the men's room behind it. <laughs> like, yeah, I saw you got that popcorn out of there. Good job. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. We want to do any scary stuff? I feel, I feel bad, man. I feel like I wish my energy level was higher, especially for being the reason... Of a delayed episode. No, that's all right, buddy. And no, I know you're pe- you're hot the in there. People deserve can... the people deserve quality, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did pick out uh, a topic that I've been meaning to get to for years, and just I don't think we've ever done this. And I knew you were going to be in Texas, and I thought maybe you might be going through Marfa, but I guess you didn't. No, I couldn't get a but, show going uh, over there. I thought it was time to talk about the Marfa lights. You know about well, that sounded like people from Marfa. But the Marfa pause lights, not the Marfa lights. Oh, I was like, but, what do you uh, so? Oh, the Marfa lights. <laughs> the, uh, the Marfa lights, man. This is something I've been uh, hearing about for years. And uh, I've been through Marfa, and it's a cute little town. So you didn't actually, you'd had no need to go through there since you couldn't get a show lined up? No, I mean, it was, you know, you, like, I would love to have a show. And if not, this is a mm-hmm. six hour drive. Yeah. To know it, so I'm like, oh, I got to show in Albuquerque. I'll make the six-hour drive to there. By the way, side note: Congrats on being in the point of your career. I mean, I know the Marfa show didn't work out, but the Albuquerque and the Flagstaff. But seriously, congrats mm. on being at that level where you can just tweet, "Hey, I want to do a show here tomorrow," and then it happens. Well, that's that's kudos. Yeah, and they fun. weren't they weren't big shows, and they weren't. I wasn't asking for any money on them. Mm-hmm. So, Dave, I bet I, I'm betting you can go out and give it away for free too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Dave. I bet you could go do a free comedy yeah. show. <laughs> but the, no, the, but no, the that fact is that people stepped like, up and organized good shows. Yeah, on such a spur of the moment, yeah. like it. it People don't understand how, how much time and effort goes into to planning these tours, and uh, mm. you know, every now and then to just book something, you know, within a day is, is impressive, regardless yeah. of well, how many tickets. And you're the offer's still out there. I still got the the amp and everything to do it. I know a lot of people are like, "Well, how about this place?" A couple people reached out about Wyoming and Montana, 
And so I'm going to get mm-hmm. back to them because then I got to see when I'm leaving Chicago and heading that way. Um, I, I appreciate the offers of like Charleston, South Carolina, or this place. I'm like, if I'm not going near there, yeah, the, the, I, I will put out specific requests for areas mm-hmm. within a time frame that that'll that'll work. But so I do appreciate it, everybody. It's just like I can't like I've maybe one day I don't know, but I can't not mm-hmm. right now. Barstow, yeah. I'm not anywhere near there right now, but <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> But oh, Instagram and Twitter, I, I, I'm using those to uh, put the word out if, if, if I need spots. So I love it, man. No, but uh, the Marfa lights, uh, people who don't know, uh, these mysterious glowing orbs that appear um, in the small West Texas town of Marfa. Um, nobody knows what the hell it is. According to eyewitnesses, the Marfa lights uh, appear to be roughly the size of basketballs. Um, some people have described them as white, others blue, yellow, even red. Um, they twinkle. Uh, some people have said they, these lights split in two, they flicker, they float, they move. Um, and nobody knows what's going on with these Marfa lights. Um, all the way back in, starting in 1883 is the first mention of these Marfa lights when, uh, this cow hand named Robert Reed Ellison, he claimed to have seen flickering lights one evening while driving a herd of cattle near Mitchell Flat. He assumed the lights were uh, Apache campfires. Uh, the next day, Ellison went and investigated that area. Uh, no evidence of a campfire, no evidence of even humans at all being around. Um, but yet, all these weird lights. And uh, ever since then, people have been seeing them. And apparently, now, they're not, like, constant. They're not there all the time. But uh, most people who have experienced them and most people who have been researching and studying these Marfa lights say about 12 times a year these things will pop out. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, uh, you know, on a monthly rotation or what, but about 12 times a year uh, these things come out and people can see them from all over. Um, And, again, a lot of scientists have been studying these things, and nobody really knows what the hell they are. Now, a study was done uh, by some students at the uh, University of Texas at Dallas. They concluded that these lights were headlights from vehicles on, near, on nearby U.S. Highway 67. Um, but others say that that's bogus because other people have seen them where they don't necessarily line up with the background of, of that highway. So, um, another possible explanation is, uh, the refraction of light caused by layers of air at different temperatures. Uh, this optical illusion is sometimes, sometimes called a, a superior mirage. And, uh, apparently it's the same science as to why, uh, some stars twinkle. The stars themselves aren't actually twinkling. They just look oh, like shit. they're twinkling, uh, because of, uh, the refracted light and different temperatures that cause that. Um, others think it could be glowing gases. Um, there's some science uh, to that that I don't quite understand. Uh, swamp gas, uh, swamp phosphine, gas. and methane. Uh, under certain conditions, uh, these gases can ignite uh, when they contact oxygen, and apparently uh, the West Texas temperatures um, are kind of agreeable to this type of... Uh, I agree. <laughs> I can verify. 
Mm-hmm. It's temperatures hot as shit, dude. I'm scared they're going to light up my gases. Yeah. <laughs> and the state actually built a, uh, a viewing platform um, not far. I'm trying to think. Let me see where that is. I lost that in my notes. But here's, here's how you can see these bad boys. If you're ever in the area, um, here's how you can, you yourself, can see these things. Uh, the viewing platform is nine miles east of Marfa on uh, US 90. Um, very popular stop. People from all over always pop it in. Checking out the uh, or trying to check out the Marfa lights from uh, this platform. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the uh, the town of Marfa, uh, small deck. town, seventeen hundred. Somebody put out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I th- yeah, just kind of a, an observation. But they could charge you for that. Was like that meteor. I went to that giant meteor crater, and it's still on somebody's land. So they managed to get you a mm-hmm. squeeze a gift shop and all kinds of shit in there. And as I'm walking up, yeah. like, well, how much? How much am I going to pay to see this meteor crater? I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm. I said I was going to, I, I, I said think, 20 bucks. It was 25. I was like, all right, you got me. Okay. Um, there's a private uh, observation tower, too. Uh, let's see. Out at the old Shirley Ranch, uh, 22 miles south of Marfa, where Mike Shirley invites travelers to gaze from his open land. Uh, apparently, there's a hard-to-miss sign that reads stargazing. And... Um, you can go out there. Uh, it doesn't say anything about cost uh, there. But, yeah, um, it's just these weird glowing orbs, and nobody knows what the hell they are. I mean, there there might be a scientific explanation, you know, like I said, with these different gases and whatnot. Uh, some people think, obviously, it might be aliens. Uh, some people have hypothesized that they're um, – Ghosts of Native Americans. But I like that there's I, no like this know. is it's the ghost of these. It's like ah, we don't know something goofy. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Yeah. Nobody knows. And uh, like I said, uh, all the way, first documentation back in 1883. So almost uh, 140 years now, people have been seeing these. Uh, probably not bastards. headlights. And like, yeah, yeah. I, I would think that they wouldn't be headlights. I, I feel like people could decipher those pretty easy. I don't know. I'll reflect but, off uh, of. Steam or humidity? I don't. I don't know. Now I'm kind of wishing I would have gone through to see him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, Marfa's a cool little town. They've kind of turned it into. Uh, it, it's a very arty town. There's um, yeah, it's a lot was, of local art. I There's, was having hopes of getting a show there, but. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, I don't remember eating anything. I can't remember what I ate when I passed through there. But apparently, there's a good food scene there too. A lot of a lot of cool new restaurants popping up. In Marfa, and a lot of artists move into that area. Just uh, all of West Texas is a great place to be if you're just trying to get isolated and get away from folks. Yeah, uh, pl- plenty of open space. West Texas is where I saw my weird little uh, phenomenon. I don't know what it could have been. I think I've told told you about this on the show. Um, it was when I was moving out here, so this would have been uh, like March of twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually stopped on the way out. I stopped and did spots in Austin, and whatever. Whatever road takes you from Austin to get back on the 10, I forgot whatever road that was, but a lot of, seemed like there was a few hours of just like back roads, just small middle of nowhere roads to get out back towards the 10. But anyway, somewhere around there uh, in the distance is one of those, you know, West Texas flats where you can just see for miles and miles and miles ahead of you. Um, Just driving along, just kind of 
zoning out, just put some clicks on the odometer, and way in the distance, I saw two giant orbs that looked the same color and texture as clouds. They were kind of uh, cloudy, if you will, but they were perfect circles. Maybe spe- I don't know if they were spheres or orbs per se, but they were definitely, from my vantage point, were these perfect twin-sized circles. Hmm. But they they look like they were made of clouds, but they they were absolutely perfect circles. I mean, I know you got some so, Air Force bases out there and some like uh, room room to do weird shit. A lot of wind farms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, man? and that was somewhere in West Texas, but um, but yeah, there, and there's not a whole lot of uh, I don't know if evidence is the right word because I mean. You know, it's evident that they are there. People have seen them, but um, yeah, I mean, I wish I had some, more, something to see when you're passing more, more through. Theories, but maybe maybe this is just yeah, a well, nice one, Dave. Yeah, maybe this is just yeah. a hey, go see something that's it's just unexplained. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it doesn't have to be ghosts or aliens. It's just an unexplained. Th- it's just little lights, yeah. little lights out there to make um, you curious about the world. Back in the early 50s, when James Dean was shooting the movie Giant, he saw them. And uh, some accounts say he became quite obsessed with them. When uh, I don't know how long they were shooting that movie out there, but apparently uh, while he was filming, um, he spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the hell they were and going out and looking at them. But um, I thought that was interesting. I mean, if James Dean can't but, yeah. figure them out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think I just yeah, like I'm not, just a nice weird little thing out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to have sometimes. Yeah. One of those unexplained phenomena. Yeah, yeah, that's all it needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to explain myself into a heat nap right now, Dave. So <laughs> I got to dip, man. I, buddy, I am. I got to open a door of this fan. <laughs> Do your thing, buddy. Do your thing. It's good checking in, man. We're glad uh, you're staying safe out there. We're glad you're having fun. Yeah, I'll get a more air-conditioned area. I was almost going to be like, let's record tomorrow. I think I'm going to get a hotel. I just, I feel like a quesadilla that somebody tried to make using a hot shower. <laughs> what do you mean? Just My body just peels <laughs> off of itself. It's like sticky but slippery, you know? Uh. <laughs> it, feel, it feels like a... Like, like, not like right when you use gorilla, like, like, like five minutes after you use gorilla glue, and it finally starts mm-hmm. to harden. That's what everything feels like on my body, just kind of just peeling off. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough, man. I have a wool blanket on this bed. Why the fuck did I bring a wool blanket? Yeah, that's not helping you. Out on, I mean, I'm not, not I'm even laying on top of it. I'm like, this is hot, mm-hmm. even on top of it. I'm taking it off right now. That's what I'm going to do. I got a dip, man. I'm going to jump. I think oh, I saw you cut your lake. hair, by the way. Yeah, I took the hair off, man. I, I was, once I got into the heat and everything, I was like, what? This, it, it's not like it looks good. My hair looks stupid, and I was just sticking with it. Because, again, at home, just Rachel and I, each one telling each other to look crazier because it's fun. And I get back in the world, and like if my hat fell off, I felt like a dude whose toupee blew off his head. Like nobody look. Like I right, just cut the hair, man. Just get rid of this fucking hair. It's disgusting. Like yeah, I like the oh combo of like 
dude who sweats too much in the van and that hair, like I got like I'd rather look like an exiled skinhead than whatever that haircut was making me look like. <laughs> most most wanted posters is what it was making me look like. I liked it, man. I thought you looked so pretty gnarly. Slimy. Uh, real quick, I want to give a thank you to listener Brandon Howard. He was uh, sympathetic of my woes last week from burning the ribs. He mailed me a Weber iGrill Mini. It's oh, a app connected app connected uh, meat probe, meat thermometer, and it's uh, app connected works on Bluetooth. Meat probe. <laughs> yeah, so I just stick I stick this sucker in my ribs. And I, I connect it to the Bluetooth on my phone, and uh, you can set an alarm when it reaches the proper internal temperature. That, so and he made a good but, point. Uh, more important than the temperature of the grill or, or the smoker is the internal temperature of the meat. So just knowing uh, when to pull that sucker off once it reaches the, uh, like with ribs, probably want to do about 160, 165. So I just stick this probe in, hook it up to the phone, and when it reaches 165, an alarm will go off, and I know to go out and take the damn ribs off before I burn there, them. So thank you, Brandon Howard. There's a lot of chatter on the Reddit about the ribs and people feeling yeah. for you, and, and a lot of chatter on, like, for once in the, the cooking department, people agreeing with me that there's got to be something wrong with the grill it's a, your thermometer's yeah. off you know yeah so surely can't be my fault no no nobody <laughs> thinks it is dave that's the thing you know no, what you're I'm doing big, i'm being funny but that but i'm no. agreeing is that there is a factor that you are past this kind of mistake <laughs> you should absolve yourself and look at the the the, the factors at play much like i said last week yeah but so that reddit a lot of good chatter on there I'll, man i've been eating I already like Mexican food, but like every day there's like a brief moment. Like, am I going to get Mexican food again today? Fuck it. Yes. Yes. In Texas? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just said. Me- Mexican food's mm-hmm. a little different there than it is out here. Uh, I don't know. Better? You mean better? Well, yeah, right? Not because of the taco trucks. Southern California. Yeah, not because well, the, the trucks are great. But then like mm-hmm. sit down Mexican restaurants, there's not that much going on. No, there's not, and I thought there would be, and I I still don't have or like a go-to spot like stands, like burrito stands and stuff. Mm-hmm. But throughout this trip, I think I think I've only eaten Mexican food. To be honest, <laughs> I did a Black Bear Diner. I was, I've been sleeping on Black Bear Diners. I didn't realize how good those spots were for a chain. Solid, solid, stuff. very solid. Like did Black not Bear. realize it. I got one right down the street in Beaverton. Haven't been going to it. What am I doing? Dude, I made a big old pot of beans the other day. Just like those beans we made uh, when we went camping. Dude, I made a big old pot of beans the other day. (laughs) Big old pot of beans, dude. My bean game is on point. Make these uh, barbecue beans, dude. Here, I'll give a quick recipe. Oh, yeah, I ate those Uh, beans. I ate those beans with that bacon in it. I was, I was, I broke edge hard on that trip. It was too good. It was too good to pass up. Those beans, man. I I love a good pot of beans. Uh, Get you a pound of dried red beans. Soak them overnight. Uh, get you a big pot or Dutch oven. Throw you about uh, eight or ten cups of water in there. Add some chicken. Uh, I use this time I, rather than chicken stock per se. I use the uh, the chicken bouillon. So just add eight or eight or ten cups of water. Added a few scoops of that chicken bouillon. Get some uh, chicken stock going. Threw in a, a ham hock 
and uh, get that going for a couple hours before you even put the beans in. You just want to get that stock and ham hock going because you want to get that, uh, that, for example, like it's probably going to take eight or ten hours to get the ham hock tender where it's only going to take six or seven hours to get the beans tender. So you cook the, uh, the bra or the stock and the ham hocks for a few hours. (laughs) Then you throw the beans in, let them get, uh, nice and simmered. Uh, while that's going, take you a few tomatillos, uh, some, a couple heads of garlic, uh, a whole onion, cut that in half, uh, roast those bastards up, uh, about 400 degrees for an hour in the oven, uh, pull them out, puree them. Now you've got a nice puree of garlic, onions, and tomatillos. You could throw in some pepper if you want to throw in a poblano or jalapeno. That's fine, too. Pure, puree all that shit up. Throw it into the pot with the beans and the broth and the, and the ham hocks. Uh, then add whatever spices you want. I use a little smoked paprika. I use some Cajun seasoning. And uh, then towards the very end, like the last 30 minutes to an hour, throw in some brown sugar. Now, at this point, you're going to have to make sure that you keep them stirred pretty well because eventually that brown sugar is going to settle at the bottom and start burning if, if you don't uh, move it around. But uh, like I said, just like the last hour, throw in some brown sugar, and oh, boy, you got you some barbecue beans. <laughs> I like that, and this is like a like a news segment. Mm-hmm. I could like the way you're like, and oh, boy, you got some barbecue beans. Back to you, Jane and Tim. Like I feel like like <laughs> now we're gonna go Dave with some summer cooking tips. Like you're you're sliding into that role perfectly at the end of the show of all our bullshit, oh. and then and we're going to Dave for a recipe. Oh boy, we got some barbecue beans. <laughs> like the ra- it's like the radio voice or something's coming out. You're, I like mm-hmm. I'm never gonna make this food. I'm hor- but I like listening. I like the the excitement that you possess at the end of presenting the recipes. It's really. The whole show's about the food d- these days. Or at least the, re- at least the Reddit is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I'm just, um, just giving you some appreciation for that, Dave. Thank you, buddy. And uh, on that note, let me add, uh, normalize eating beans as an entree. Oh, yeah. You don't al- they, don't, they don't always have to be a side dish. Make the, make the beans the meal. Bowl, bowl of beans, I, piece of bread. Oh, get out of Beans town. and toast. I, I like the English that they bake beans at breakfast. Yeah. Some butter beans. Oh man, I, I've talked about butter beans and ham hocks. Ugh. Like, yeah, nor, normalize just eating a big old bowl of beans. I like those rancho beans. It's the can with it's got the jalapenos, the peppers chopped up into it. Mm-hmm. That always reminds me of the uh, Nick Vatterot joke. Just, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how he sets uh, it up. Yeah, but just talking about like a different uh, using the accent, uh, the same accent of, of the ethnicity of the food that you're making or eating. Yeah. Or so like, I like the vibe. Margaritas the and the burritos yeah. and the flautas. <laughs> biscuits and beans. Yeah. I think I like to have the biscuits <laughs> and beans. God damn, he's funny. Um, yeah, that's it for me, buddy. That that's that's your uh that's your bean report. I'm sorry to I think I've I think I've sweat on the listeners. <laughs> I think I, I think I, I think I've made your speakers perspire. Oh man, right. you go cool off, buddy. Uh, stay safe out there, man. Uh, keep your eyes open. Yeah. You get tired, pull over. I'm gonna take. You get this, hungry, eat something. I'm gonna take this half inflated river float. I call my torso down to the lake here. Mm. Let's land it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, Yeah, be safe, and uh, we'll holler at you next week, man.
period. The Boogie Monster. Bye. 